you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast, an NFL podcast for the players, by the players. Here is your host, 14-year NFL veteran and Hall of Famer, Aeneas Williams. Welcome to the NFL Legends Podcast. I'm Aeneas Williams. During Super Bowl week in Minneapolis, the NFL gathered a collection of National Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award winners for a discussion about social responsibility. The forum was hosted by 2007 NFL Man of the Year and Hall of Famer Jason Taylor and included... Hall of Fame running back Franco Harris, Buccaneers Hall of Fame linebacker Derek Brooks, and current Panthers Pro Bowl linebacker Thomas Davis. Let's listen in. 2017 was a big year for the NFL in a lot of ways and, and it, as far as social responsibility. That's going to be our first topic of social responsibility, and players really use their platform to take a stand and, and stand up for what they believed in, and I think you know, it's incumbent on us to do so in, in, in certain ways, and, and everyone goes about that differently. And, and I want to talk to ask Franco first. You know, you grew up and kind of came of age in the 60s where social change and social issues were really prevalent and very, very important. You know, how do you see, how did you handle that at that day and age where there were so many things being changed? And then how do you view what's going on nowadays? I mean, you're absolutely right. During the 60s, wow, there was a lot going on. So people talk about today, I'm saying, shit, it's in the 60s. It was, um, I was a freshman in 1968. In 1968, a lot of stuff going on, civil rights, women rights. I mean, just, you know, the, the Vietnam War, 
you know, all sorts of stuff was going on. And, and the coaches had to deal with it. And one thing that Joe Paterno said, he said, listen, you're in college and we want you to experience things, but just don't do anything to embarrass the team. Go out and learn stuff. Go out and, you know, and see what's going on. But remember, you still, you know, you're part of a football team. And so for me, being a freshman in, in my sophomore year, I went to all these rallies and all these sort of things, even when they took over the you know, old main building. You know, I went there, not that I took it over, but I said, I have to go see. And, and I just wanted to experience uh, what, was, what was going on. They had so many groups, they had so many groups for civil rights. And so it was very interesting times, and I'm so glad that I was able to to experience that, and that did have an effect on me as I went forward. Derek? Well, I think when uh, I talk about those experiences that Franco was talking about with uh, the elder members of my family, uh, I draw the connection to what we're going through now is care. And people cared enough about the issues at hand that are personal to them, and now we just have more means to show that care. Uh, back then, obviously, the only means primarily was through demonstrations. And through demonstrations, you had media coverage. Well, now media coverage is walking around in our hands with the phone. So you can get instant coverage about anything uh, particularly that you care about. And that's why I see the similarities. And how people care, again, depends on the background and the diversities that you're going through as well as the means. But I draw to it in our communities, obviously with our players today, is there's something about them that's in them that wants to bring attention to the issues and they care. And there's a lot of different ways to go about doing it. And obviously there was were you know, demonstrations done to bring awareness to it. But I don't want the how those things were done to overshadow the central mission of people caring. Because that's why we're all recipients of this great award is we care. And we went about it in different ways uh, that you can tell. But the underlying message is we still care. And it's all done through some form of love. Thomas, you got anything to, share, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I definitely want to add to it. Um, I think when you when you look at it and you see everything that's going on from a from a current player perspective, we're definitely excited that there's a lot of awareness being raised to social injustice that's going on. But I think for me, the thing that really stands out the most, you know, like Derek talked about with the social media day and age with so many people on the outside constantly, you know, having their own opinions about, you know, what the players are doing, what the players should be doing. You even got the president um, tweeting about, you know, what the guys should be doing. I think I just really want to commend the guys that are in the NFL locker rooms because not once have you seen a situation where it's, it's become a distraction, where a locker room has been divided. You know, guys are, have, have realized that we all have differences 
you know, we're not going to all agree on the same things. But at the end of the day, that these are our teammates, these are our brothers. And, you know, I think it's important for everybody to understand that, you know, just because you're not dealing with a certain situation doesn't mean that somebody else may not be facing that. And I think I just really want to commend the players around the league once again, like I said, because guys have, have used this to come together and, and didn't allow it to separate the locker rooms. I think I want to say that, uh, you know, when you look at some backgrounds and I never thought that I would go to college, right? We never talked about college once. We just wasn't going. You know, we just weren't. We just weren't going. And then when I was able to go to college and go on a scholarship, and then you see that, you know what, there is hope. There is some opportunity. And if there is hope and opportunity for me, how can we make hope and opportunity for other people? And, and so having gone through that, it just made me want to reach out more because I said, hey, if I can make it, a lot of us probably said that, hey, if I can make it, a lot of other people can make it, but just need the chance and the opportunity and how do we give hope and how do we give opportunity and, and a lot of us have done it in so many different ways. So that's what we want to express and keep expressing. Derek, what would, you, what would you say to guys that are currently playing that are maybe a little reluctant to kind of step up and put their name and their voice out there for fear of retaliation or, or you know, having a difficult job, difficult time mm -hmm. finding a job or whatnot? Well, I'll, and what I've, I've done is I've asked guys to find their, you know, their connection point that's going to spur them to a commitment. And as Thomas said, we're all connected by, you know, in that locker room going out there to play that game together because we've sacrificed, you know, to be on this team and we got a mission at hand and that's to win the game. And that's our connection point that brought us to a commitment. So what I've challenged the young guys to do that I've talked to about that is, you know, how do I be a part of it and, and why I shouldn't or shouldn't. I said, just like you found that connection point to go out there and play, let's do it now in a different realm. And it's just to the, you know, on the same spirit of what uh, Joe said earlier, when this attention has been brought to what our players are standing for is bringing attention to the service side of what we've done. And I've tried to look at it as a positive where I was guilty of wanting my servant leadership to be drawn in the media because I didn't want, uh, was afraid of someone misrepresenting what I wanted to do. Is I didn't want to be perceived as I'm only doing this because they're covering this because of ill will goals. And I was kind of afraid to let media into my community service. And I go back to that when I think of the question you asked is, what brought me from behind the veil and wanted to show is just what Joe said. I got tired of reading about all the other things that were going on when there was guys in our locker room doing great things. And how it was spurred on is the same way Coach Tony Dungy challenged us, you know, in 1996 when he walked in and talked about his teammates, Franco, Joe, how these guys in Pittsburgh was changing the community, and that's what he saw. And he said, our franchise is going to turn around, not by what we do on the field, by what we do in the community. And he challenged us to get out there and change our community, and that would bring change to this organization because everybody wins 
in that regards. And that was the spirit that I went behind. And I tell guys, find your connection point that's going to spur you to commitment. You may not be committed to what your teammate is doing, but there's a commitment goal for you to serve in some capacity. It may be social injustice, may be what Thomas want to do. Well, mine may be youth education. But the difference in the similarity is we are called to commit to making a change to something. So I just start with younger players, and that's why I tell them, it may be within your family. You know, commit to a cause that you're comfortable with within your family that's going to change someone in life, someone's life to service. And let's see where that gets you connected with your teammates to go outside of, of that. And may I follow up with that, you know, saying that as I travel, I, I always run into people who said, oh, these athletes today, man, those guys don't care about anything. They make all this money. They get in trouble and all that. You know, and I tried to explain to them, I said, look, you might be talking about maybe 2% of the people. I said, you really need to go and see what a lot of these guys are doing. These guys are doing wonderful things in the community. Really take the time to see what, what players are doing, and, and that'll really give you a feel what really is going on in the NFL. Now, sure, when someone gets in trouble, that gets all the press, that gets all, all the media. And, but I try to explain to them that, no, behind the scenes, so many guys are doing so many things. And, and, and the thing that really gets me the most are the things that you hear about that don't get depressed at the great things that these guys do and the lives that they touch. It could be an individual fan who's suffering this and that. A player drops by the hospital to see that, see that child, you know. No fanfare, no nothing, you know, and there are so many moments that don't get all that fanfare that, that these guys do that, that really makes a difference. As we kind of transition into our second topic, which is the message, you know, I know Derek touched on a little bit about social media. And, you know, we live in an, a day and age that has instant information. We want instant gratification, but it also provides that form where we can immediately touch our fans and fans can kind of interact directly with us. But there could be challenges to that too, benefits and challenges to that. Thomas, you, you know, Derek and I played the, the latter part of our career and social media was becoming more and more prevalent. You play in the midst of it now. What are some of the biggest challenges and the biggest benefits of social media and what you're trying to do from a charitable point of view and also from you know, as, a, as a team and you're trying to interact with your fans? I think it's important right now in this day and age for, for players that are currently in the game to realize that we control the narrative from a, from a social media standpoint because that's our opportunity to put out to the fans, to the media, to the world what we want them to know. You know, I think some of the biggest challenges that we face as players in this current day and age are the trolls. You know, there's so many people that are out there that, that, that just want to be negative for whatever reason. You know, it, it doesn't matter how positive you're trying to be, you know, what kind of change you're trying to make happen in the world. There's going to always be that one person that's, that, that just wants to be negative. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I, I figured out a long time ago how to, how to handle those kind of people. You know, when you are in control of your own social media outlets, you can block anybody. At any point, you can use that block button, and I take full advantage of that. And, you know, for me, I, I use social media in a way that, that definitely benefits what I'm trying to do from a standpoint of, you know, we do a lot of work 
in, in Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina. And, you know, the more that we spread the word on what we're doing, the more people want to get involved with what we're doing when we're doing so much good. And, you know, I just take full advantage of that. And there's a space for, for all, all of that to get the message out. And the more we can control the message on the community service side, there's no more reason to be embarrassed about that when you control the message that you want to portray. And you can't control the reaction, obviously, but you can control the message that you want to put out. And as long as you do that, I feel you can deal with it. If anyone's going to criticize you know, servant leadership and someone giving of themselves to make life better, you know, I pray harder for that person because that's not going to stop, you know, the mission at hand in serving. You just pray for you just pray for them, and then you continue to move on and show them you can overcome that. I just want to say that our PR guy with the Steelers, Joe Gordon, had a sign up on his wall that says, "You know, you never, you know, you're never sorry for never sorry for what you didn't say," and 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 that social media is so great for so many things. But also, as you said, you know, there's a lot of people that that can turn things and like do things, and then it de you know depends how you react to that. So uh, uh, I think it's great, but I know people have to be very careful with it. Also, yeah, there's I think there's a lot of pitfalls too. There can be, you know, depending on who you, your maturity level and how disciplined you are with social media. There's a time and a place for it. I think the later it gets in the night, the less you should tweet. Or, or snap or send Instagram stuff. And so as it gets later, it's like anything else. When it gets later, social media needs to go to bed just like you do. Um, you know, we see plenty of people send late hour tweets that they end up saying someone hacked their account in the morning or whatever else. So it's, it's different for you though, Franco. I mean, you, know, you played in an era where there was, there was only a, a few, couple forms of media. It was still and, the telegram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, it took a long Western, time for news Western to get Union, out. Western Union, Western Union. Yeah, so, so with that being said, you know, as, as we all have teammates or had had teammates that we were worried about, there had to be somebody on your teams that you would not, if there was social media then, if there was Twitter or Instagram then, who would you be most worried about having social media late at night? Frenchie Fuqua. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I think I'd be a little concerned about Frenchie. <laughs> It could be a problem, but, but there's, there, like, as I said, there's so many good things that you can get out and, and, as you said, control the narrative and control the message a little bit and, and kind of, I haven't done the block thing. You know, I kind of adore the thumb thugs, but, uh, you know, people can say what they want on social and, media. And, 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 you know, people have to understand, though, that a lot of these guys, you know, come in a league at 21 and 22, and people have to understand that. A lot of people don't understand that. These are young men. You know, and they're still exploring, doing a lot of things. Sometimes I think people tend to forget that. You know what I mean? They think, oh, these guys, you know, blah, 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 straight and narrow, all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, we're happy we didn't have that back then. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, but I'm just saying because you have to watch out more. You have to be careful. Yeah, and they're trained at, a, at an early age, even in high school now, with any sports you play, you know, even having an opportunity to create that hope that you're talking about, Franco, with kids using athletics to pursue an education, it starts then. So it's kind of like you got to retrain or re-coach when you get to this level because they've already been exposed to it. You got to retrain them now or rethink how they go about doing it for a different message because 
now you're powered with the economics behind your message and plan for this game. So now it's another thing thrown into the pot that you got to talk to the players about that responsibility in addition to the social media part. So, you know, I commend the programs that are out there with the teams that understand how to compartmentalize and break that down for the younger players coming in so they can be better stewards of the game to the people that's following them. And I'm starting to see some of that positive message in dealing with our younger and younger players. Obviously, Thomas is in it day to day, but the players that I've come across, particularly last week when we were in Orlando, this game is important to them at all levels. From what we're sitting here doing in the community service and celebrating these accomplishments and these missions, these young men playing the game understand that responsibility and they do care even more than what I realize and I deal with them, you know, quite a bit. You know, and, and like I'm thinking, I was thinking that you look at a platform like the NFL and you look at the business of the NFL and I was thinking, does any other industry have so many people in that industry that have started their own foundations and give so much back to the community than the NFL. I really don't know if there's any organization that that has done that. I mean, so many, you know, like I'm so impressed with the foundations you guys have started and the impact that you have and you put your own money and your own time into that. Now, but bad we didn't make that money during my time, you know. But but it's just but it's just great to see that that so many players are doing that and and it has a big impact. And I just don't know any other organization that where so many players, that so many players are reaching out and doing that. So I'm, I'm quite impressed with these guys today. Well, that kind of leads us right into our final topic for this group is, is leadership. And one of the great things about the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award is that it, it kind of rewards the play on the field as well as off the field, what you do off the field. And, and one of the big parts of, of doing both of those, as we've learned, is the leadership. So what is football, how has football and the leadership characteristics you learn in football helps you become better off the field and trying to lead your cause off the field and, and vice versa. I think a lot of times the things we do in our communities or away from the field really inspire us and can push us along and kind of give us that extra fuel on the field as well. I, I think we as players, we, we, we tend to gravitate towards people that are doing things the right way. You know, I know for me as a young kid, um, as a young player in this league, that was one of the things that I took full advantage of. We had a lot of veteran guys on our team, but even bigger than that for me, you know, I kind of outsourced it. I looked, I looked around the league at other guys that I wanted to imitate, that I wanted to be like, and I kind of looked at some of the things that they were doing on and off the field, and Derek can tell you he knows for a fact that, you know, he was one of the guys that I looked up to. You know, and every opportunity that I got a chance to, to be in front of him, I let him know that, you know, um, I'm trying to learn this from you. I'm trying to make my game like this after you. And you look at him starting the schools and doing some of the things that he was doing down in Tampa. You know, me as a young player, I wanted to imitate that. I wanted to be just like Derrick Brooks as a young kid. And that's kind of um, some of the things that drove me to doing some of the things that I did in the community. You know, my upbringing, watching my mom um, deal with me and my sister the way that she did as a young kid was another reason why I decided to do some of the things that I wanted to do in the communities. And knowing that Charlotte was going to be my home base for the rest of my life, I wanted to make sure that I made a huge impact in Charlotte. And, you know, 
as a 13-year veteran in, in, in the Carolinas, I want to make sure each and every guy that comes through that, through that organization know that Thomas Davis is genuinely out here trying to positive, positively impact the community because he cares about these people, not because he's trying to gain recognition, not because he's trying to win the Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's doing this because he want to see the community in Charlotte be a better place than it did now than it was when I got here. Yes, I want to just... Um, I guess anybody can and anybody should think that in a time of need that they do have the courage and determination to go ahead and do something. Now, I have to admit, I was more of a shy kid. You know, now I tell people they can't shut me up, but I was shy. And, and you know, there are different types of leadership. By example, as you talked about looking at people, and then some people have, you know, that gift of bringing people together by by their voice and you know and their drive and their drive and and determination. But all those things, you know, can really set the example as you as you talked about. So, you know, when you bring it all together, that what makes makes a leader happen. A lot of times. Sometimes you're just thrust into it and you find yourself in that position. And one thing that sports has taught you is that you rise to the occasion. You know, you do what you have to do to get the job done. And then as you start to do that, more and more you, you feel that you want to take that kind of position. You want to, you know, grow into that leadership position even more and try to make change even more and try to make a difference even more. And, and so you, you never know when you'll be called upon, as I'll put it that way. So you know, we just hope that a lot of these players do ready. The examples that you guys set definitely help. So I feel good about the players of today. I, I, I really do. The example that a lot of guys have set, this Walter Payton, Man of the Year, the NFL, the different programs that they do, help set the stage. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm just really, you know, really impressed with our guys in the league today. I want to say that. Well, thank you. Well, leadership, to me, it boils down to this one question that I even asked the, the audience here, is this simple question. If your attitude is contagious, is it worth catching? That's the position I put myself in when I grew into the leadership role, that every day that I walked into that building, no matter what was going on, I had to ask myself that question. And I own the responsibility uh, as a leader. And I just found that transcending across every aspect of my life because I, I realized in the year 2000 that everything that I had accomplished up to that time in becoming a leader I was part of a team since I was seven years old playing team sports. And even today, you know, with my wife as my number one teammate and raising our kids, I'm gonna be part of a team for life. And I understood that concept and that started with my attitude. And I just challenge everybody to think of that question when you're in the leadership role, if attitudes are contagious, is mine worth catching? And I think that uh, set the barometer forward and another leadership, you know, leadership trait is humility. 
And I believe every leader has to have some form of humility because when you do that, that's the buy-in of making someone else better when you can humble yourself, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less to make somebody else better in exploring their talents to your success. I think that's another true character of a leader. Yeah, great stuff, great stuff, guys. Franco, Thomas, Derek, I appreciate you guys' time. Thank you for being here. This has been the NFL Legends Podcast. To provide feedback or request a topic for discussion, email us at nfllegends at nfl.com. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.